What if we could show you how to create an additional income stream that feels inspiring to you and leverages not only off your passions, but your zone of genius? Head over to babesinbusiness.net forward slash side hustle to download our free side hustle guide, a 40 page guide where we help you not only come up with your business idea, but help you set your rate, find your potential customers, help make your first few sales, come up with your point of difference, and ensure you have a profitable business that you can scale to create a life and career by design. Babes Talking Business, our podcast, is the sister brand to Babes in Business. It's our passion project geared towards female entrepreneurs, professional women, side hustlers, those with a day job, and those full-time mamas striving to build their empire on the side, whether it's a traditional or non-traditional business, investments, startup, companies, or online social media influencers. Our podcast is a safe place where women can be vulnerable, honest, and tune in to be educated and supported to learn about the ins and outs of business, the highs and lows, and feel comfortable to talk about finances and multiple streams of income, along with the lingo that often comes with it that intimidates and prevents a lot of us women from approaching these subjects altogether. We not only mentor and encourage fellow entrepreneurs tuning in to build their own successful businesses, but teach them how to build confidence in themselves, reconnect with their why, let go of jealousy, and ultimately learn the power in connection because at the end of the day, that is what life and business is all about. This is a no BS podcast where we are committed to showing you what really happens behind the scenes of businesses' pretty highlight reels. So you can be reassured you are not the only one in the trenches and we can hopefully empower you with ideas on how to run your life and business in a way that feels energizing, inspiring and authentic to you and your mission. We are your hosts. I'm Shani Thompson, and one of my biggest passions and missions in life is to revolutionize the way that women create abundance, to show you you can really have it all and create your next level, wildest dreams whilst being in a total state of ease and flow. I'm a blogger, a coach, and mentor to thousands of women around the world, a professional network marketer, a course creator, and above all, I'm just your everyday girl next door. And I am Lauren Kerr. I'm a published author, life and mindset coach, and professional network marketer. When I was studying my psychology degree, I stumbled across the term life above zero, which became my personal and professional mission to inspire others to create a life that they love instead of just settling for mediocrity and just doing what society expects you to do. I love helping women find clarity and fulfillment in their lives, relationships, and careers. So... On that note, let's talk business. Hey, Lozzie. Hey, Shan. Oh my goodness, I'm so excited for today's episode talking about what our days look like and how I guess that's progressed over time since we started our business. Me too. I feel like it's a question a lot of girls ask. So I get curious, what did it look like when you started your business? How did you get it off the ground whilst you were working full-time? Then also, what does your life look like now? So I think it's a really cool opportunity to have an open discussion on what that looked like for both of us because obviously it was different and just how that, what it really took, all the stuff you probably didn't see behind the scenes of a pretty Instagram photos and realistic expectations if they're in the trenches to building, whether it's a network marketing business or it's just a traditional business and they've got a side hustle. I think it's a really cool, good conversation to have. 
For sure. I was actually, um, I do a weekly coaching call like you do with my team. And one of the questions that I got asked this week was how I manage all my different projects that I have. Because I think as well, like being an entrepreneur, you have this tendency to want to be really creative and do all these really fun things, but it kind of sometimes can come to a detriment to your actual like high paying activities that gets you paid in your business. So I really want to cover that as well because I came up with this really cool way of managing my projects and just making sure that it's in alignment with, yeah, the business and moving me forward. So let's talk about that as well. So, well, maybe Loz, you can start with sharing a little bit about what life looked like for you when you first started because I love when you share your I guess your daily method of operation and how you ran your business when you first started because you were working full-time and you just bossed it so maybe you go first (laughs) yeah I think it took me like anything I think we always say obviously we're talking about a network marketing business but I think this is the same to any any startup business whether you've got a side hustle or whatever it might be for you if if you're tuning in but it took me a few months to get really clear on what I wanted and what I was wanting to create. So I had my one foot in, one foot out, kind of doing a little bit here and there, not much structure. And so we always say, you say two yeses, like you say yes when you start a business and you always say like that second yes when you're actually serious about putting in the time and treating it like a business for it to pay you like a business. So when I'm sharing this, don't think I did this from the get-go because I didn't. I think I was probably doing business for three months and then I was like, you know what, like, if I'm going to do this, I'm actually going to do this. and I'm going to start showing up like a business owner. So I got really clear on what the high paying activities were and what actually moves the needle in my business. And I think a lot of people, especially in our profession, a lot of girls get caught up in the trap of, oh, like it's, I've just got to post, I'm going to get clients. I'm like, nah, it's all about conversations. And that's in any business. Like if you don't have a following and you don't have money to invest in paid advertising, you are networking, you are doing outreach. Like that's how you get a business off the ground. You're learning about people, you're seeing if you can solve their problems. So I got really, I understood what the high paying activities were. And I realized a big portion of the time that I did have had to be spent actually having conversations. So I was working a nine to five, which wasn't really nine to five. You get there at like quarter to nine. And if you're lucky, I was working in child protection. I know most of you have heard my journey and my story, but yeah, you finish at like, if you're lucky, 5.36, if nothing went wrong for the day, you don't just finish when you want to finish. So the days are really full and I was actually working an hour away. So I had to do two hours a day commuting, same thing. That's a good day. If it was raining or there was an accident on the M1 highway, that's another hour and a half, two hours each way on top of a day. So when people say they don't have time, I get it. I didn't have time. But at the same time, if I wanted something different, I had to start doing something different. So I had to get really disciplined on making sure I, I made the time to work on my business. So for me, I had a structure of every morning spending 30 minutes. So it was like at six o'clock in the morning of half an hour doing a post. So adding value and then spending 30 minutes reaching out, like building my network, having conversations. And that was so many, so many different strategies on how you can do that. Whether it was happy birthday messages, it was chasing likes. Back then Facebook was big. So we were adding value in Facebook groups but also making sure you're adding value on the front end. So you don't just randomly start talking to people. I was always making sure I'd done a blog post or I was sharing an educational tip that day. And so something that really helped me for anyone who's in a similar position, I, when I was feeling creative, which was usually not only in spurts, but I would spend a Saturday morning down at the beach 
and I spent two or three hours at the beach creating my content for the week. So when I was posting in the morning, I wasn't spending half an hour thinking about what I've got to post. I already had something ready to go. And I think that took the brain work out of it. So it was a post in the morning, some kind of value add for the day for my community and making sure I was actually building my community online. So that was, I knew that was going to move the needle in my business. So if I did the hardest thing first, which was growing my network, I don't know if you guys have heard that saying, eat your frog. If I hadn't have done that in the morning, I know by the time I got home at night, 7.30, 8 o'clock at night, after you get home from the M1 day, commute, eat dinner, have a shower, that's the last thing I would felt like doing. So I made sure I ripped the bandit off and did the hardest thing first. And I know most people, like girls who were my avatar, they were sitting in bed scrolling on Instagram or Facebook in the morning. So I know it was the perfect time to post. And then, so that was my half an hour in the morning. And then literally I wouldn't look at my phone until lunch. And then at lunch, I made a conscious decision to stop eating with the people in the tea room. Um, as much as I love those people, they were my friends. Like I was time poor. So I didn't use that 45 minutes then to work in my business. I was like going to take 45 minutes away from the afternoon, the time with my husband. And I'd rather spend time with my husband. So if you're time poor, get really clear and that time that you're spending with doing something is also time away from some other things. So I got really clear my highest values were friends, my husband, my family, and my business. So 45 minutes sitting in the tea room gossiping and moaning about our day or the weather or whatever shitty customer or client was happening that day on our caseload wasn't constructive. So I was really open and honest with my coworkers and just said, hey, look, I'm building a side hustle. Like I've got a business that I'm trying to get off the ground. I hope you don't think I'm rude, but at lunch, you'll see me sitting out there by myself. Please don't come sit with me. I'm literally just working on my business. And so I told them that. So rather than thinking I was rude and me just like ignoring them at lunch, they knew that I was working on my business. So that 45 minutes, every single lunch break for the first 12 months of my business, I was in my inbox. I was talking to people, asking great questions. I was adding value. I was building relationships. I was building rapport. And if I could help someone I would offer a solution, whether that was my program, that was my service, they were my products, it was a community, or if it was just a previous podcast I'd listened to, a previous book that I had read, or just something that personally helped me. I was always in those conversations with the intention to help. And whether that's me helping or something else, I think if you go in with that intention, it makes it really easy to serve and grow your business quickly. So it was literally lunch. I get work all day, <laughs> get home at six or seven o'clock at night, have a shower, have dinner. And then I would work for an hour or two hours at night, every night, like following up with anyone I'd sent information to, hopping on calls with any new clients or any new team that had joined my team. And that was literally, I was like an army sergeant. There was so much routine and a lot of people like that sounds like so much, but it actually isn't that much. You think it's like three or four hours a day and for something that could end up hanging for the rest of your life. Within 12 months, I replaced my full-time income working four hours a day. And that's why I think it comes back to a lot of people are wanting to start a business, but they still got an employee mentality where it's like, hey, I want to get paid like a business, but I'm not even willing. I give my job more loyalty than I give my own business. So that's kind of what the first 12 months looked like. It literally was just, it was commitment to being consistent. doesn't matter how full my day was, what my energy was like, but it was also good boundaries. It just meant that I gave up TV for the first 12 months. I didn't watch Mavs or any of the good stuff. The Bachelor was like a nice little treat. I got to treat myself to in my second year of business. On weekends, Sunday was like my no technology day. Like Sundays, I literally would at the beach, I'd hang out, I'd fill up my cup. Saturday mornings, I'd catch up and do stuff I didn't do throughout my week. So I think it's also as much as it was hard work, it wasn't really that hard. And with good boundaries, it was able to be something I could commit to being consistent to without burning out. And I think the only other important thing to add in that first 12 months too is those two hours in the car commuting. 
I was growing my mindset every day. That's two hours in a car that I was listening to some kind of training, a podcast. And like they say, success leaves clues. Like if somebody's doing what you want to do in whatever business model you have, learn from them. There's a book you can listen to. There's a podcast, there's an audible. So I was, I think that's also what I I think put our business growth on steroids in those first 12 months is because not only was I doing the work, but, and building my skill set, I was building my mindset and my confidence because like the first 12 months weren't easy. There's a lot of no's, there's a lot of rejection. There was a lot of fear, but because I was growing my mindset in that time as well, I, it didn't take me out of the game. And I had such vision and belief in what I was doing that I could continue to show up and not take it personally. So that was my first 12 months. Hey there, we want to jump in in the middle of this episode real quick and tell you about something that we are really excited about and something that we get questioned about all the time. Girls, where do you get your crazy focus and energy from in your life? And the truth is we have partnered up with a nutraceutical company that really helps us perform. I don't know about you, but when you're trying to achieve big things, a lot of stress comes along and you're trying to achieve big things. You need to be on your A game. You need to be mentally sharp. You need to be prepared. You need to be energized and productive and not once in a while, but like every single day you need to be on and sometimes you know, doing more work isn't going to do it. What we use is a product called Juice Plus that's linked up with the HSE program, our online holistic program. And we absolutely love this product. It is our most popular product and you can get it from either Lauren or Shani. You can just contact us on Instagram and we can send you some more information about it. You're going to find this amazing for your energy, your mental focus, your immune system, your overall body health, just by flooding your body with nutrient dense high quality food it covers our immunity it covers our brain and body health which we absolutely need to function and run our businesses so if you're wanting some more information about how you can get your hands on our partner nutraceutical if you already are in touch with one of our wellness coaches from the health style emporium otherwise known as the hsc program please go back to them otherwise if you're not in contact with a wellness coach from our team you can contact either shani or Loz. you can contact us on instagram just send us a quick dm you can find our instagram handle in the show notes below and we'll be able to send you some more information. All right, let's get back to this episode. What I loved about my first 12 months was that I had you as my running buddy. So like we were running at the same pace, we were bouncing ideas off each other and sort of figuring it all out along the way together. And I think that was so such a pivotal part in business for me because it just helped me so much having someone there that hustled as much as me and was doing the same thing. But I guess my situation looked a little bit different because I was a anesthetic assistant. So I was, wasn't commuting like you, but what I was doing was I was rocking up to work a little bit early so that I could do that inbox time before my shift started. So I remember I'd always rock up at least 40 minutes early to work, but I didn't like going inside because I would just get distracted or I'd get asked to work earlier or start earlier. So I would just sit in my car in the car park and I'd just crush my inbox. And that was my time of like replying to my potentials, like, yeah, building my network, 
starting conversations with people, talking to leads, following up leads. So I kind of had like my little system in the car with my list of people that I had to get back to and just using my phone, which I mean, how good is it that we could build this on our phone? I mean, I'm so grateful for that because then when I would start my shift, obviously I was like fully committed to my job and doing a great job there. But sometimes I would be in like an eight hour operation and like I did my work. I obviously like took care of the patients and did everything that I had to do. But if anyone's an anesthetic assistant here, you'll know you sometimes sit in theater and you're kind of like, I literally have nothing to do right now because everything's running smoothly. So sometimes I was lucky enough to build my business in little stolen moments at work. And I'm so grateful that I was allowed to do that. But yeah, the same lunch times, it was just me in the corner by myself at the tea room, just getting through that inbox and getting things done that needed to be done. When I got back home from work, I used to do a couple of things differently. So I'd either go for a big walk around the block and truthfully, like I did sacrifice a lot in that first 12 months. And I think that's a really good question to ask yourself if you're new in business, like what am I willing to sacrifice? Because it's it's not going to be forever. It's literally just going to be for a short amount of time. So I remember my mentor saying to me, like, there's a big burst of action in a small amount of time. Whatever you're going to sacrifice to make this work, it's not going to be forever. So I remember being like, okay, well, instead of, you know, going to the gym and because I used to have to drive a fair bit to go to my gym, I kind of just ended up exercising around the block. I cut certain things out. I replaced my gym with like a touch football once a week session, which was just down the road for me. So I was just trying to find areas in my life where I could cut down. But yeah, I just sacrificed TV. I don't think I watched any TV probably for like the first two, maybe even three years of my business. I didn't have a Netflix subscription. I didn't watch any TV. I was like, what's maths? Like, I have no idea what this show is. Everyone's talking about it. I literally watched my first maths episode last year in 2020. I was going to say, I think actually we were watching the first season of The Bachelorette like two or three years ago because Kate, our mentor, was talking about it. And we're like, you know what? This is the first year we're going to give ourselves permission to watch some garbage reality TV. But I think I agree. I think it was probably our third year in business where we actually got onto that. Yeah, I did not watch TV. What was TV? I have no idea. I'm so grateful that obviously Maddie was running his own business at the time and I know, you know, Dan was doing the same. So the boys were in their own like business making their stuff work. So Dan works late, Matt works late or yeah, whenever I got home, we would spend time together. Like we would have dinner together. It would be tech free. But it was really awesome for that phase of life. Like I didn't have kids and didn't really have many commitments other than like my family. So I would work late. Like I'm not, it's not something I would do now because I'm in a different phase of life now, but I sometimes would work till 1am if I had to, if I wasn't working early the next day, because that's just what had to be done. And I just remember saying to myself, this is just for a short amount of time. It's not going to be forever. And It's been, you know, five and a half years now and I would never work till 1am now. (laughs) Yeah, me either. But I love how you said that because I think it's so true at the start of business and it's with anything, like if you've deemed something's important to you, surround yourself with people who have the same values and if they don't have the same values, at least they support your growth. So remember for me, what was really hard was 
making those sacrifices and I wouldn't go out on a Friday night or I wouldn't hang out with people on a Saturday and drink or even on a Sunday afternoon because I knew that I had to get up and be able to do work. I couldn't afford to be hungover because I had to do work in the morning, work at the night around my job. And I think it was lucky because we had each other to run with and to cheer each other on in the bad days. So having a sideline buddy, but yeah, like you said, having, honestly, I think a saving grace for me was Dan. Like there've been so many times that even now, like business is hard. And I think that's why that was the biggest motivation for us having this podcast is because so many women feel like they're doing it wrong because it's not coming easy. Like we've been in business for five years now and no, and you solve a problem and you get a bigger problem because you get better and they're, used to have a hundred dollar problem now you've got a hundred thousand dollar problem like and so I think having people around you that support you or get it is so important otherwise there's so many times I would have I've been tempted I would never do it because it's not in my DNA to quit but it's so easy to self-sabotage you'd be like oh I'll just today was a really big day I'm just gonna watch Netflix instead of showing up for myself or you know what stuff it this is too hard I'm just gonna be okay with my J-O-B like Make sure you've got people around you who call you on your shit because they actually care about you rather than letting you fall back into your self-sabotaging patterns of just staying where you are because they would prefer you to get drunk with them on the weekend. So they would prefer you to go to that festival on the weekend rather than studying. Those little things might seem so insignificant, but they actually make such a big difference in the long scheme of things. And just maybe start reducing the amount of time you're spending with people who don't have the same values and aren't going in the same place that you are and start consciously seeking out people who you want to emulate who generally want to cheer you on and have the same values. I think that's helpful. Yeah. And well, I kind of want to speak into people who are listening to this and feel like maybe they don't have supportive partners because I definitely have a lot of girls in my team who are really struggling because their partner may not necessarily be, you know, Dan or Matt, where they were hustling with us till all hours in the morning, you know. So I've had lots of conversations with different people. And I think the most important thing here is it's so important to when you come home from your job and you are talking about your business to your partner or in front of your partner, don't complain about your business. There's so much to complain about. We get it. <laughs> but Loz and I would complain to each other and, you know, had each other as a sounding board. And I think that was really important for us in the beginning. So for anyone listening, if you have a partner who doesn't support you, it's really important that you don't complain to them because then they've got more ammunition to be like, well, you should just quit because, you know, you're not happy or whatever. I think that and also showing up like a professional business owner is so important because I think when you give up on yourself and you don't show up 100% and you're not taking your business seriously, they're not going to take your business seriously. And I think you and I have both spoke about this before. I think the reason that we both had our partners buy in is because they understood business. They understood the network marketing profession was smart business for those who are going to do the work. Like if you're going to treat it like a hobby, then you are, unless that's what you're coming in for, for a passion project and you love the community, and you want to make a few hundred dollars a month, that's totally okay. Like that's not you failing in this profession. But if you are coming in saying you want it to pay you like a business, but you're not treating it like a business, well, that's why your partner will say, well, what are you doing? Like, where's the money coming from? Because if they don't, if you're not showing up and treating it like a business and taking yourself seriously, they're not going to take you seriously and they love and support you. So like you said, if you're moaning about and saying how unhappy you are, then It's because they support you. They don't want you wasting your time. So don't waste your time. Like if you're going to do something, give it a red hot crack. And I think like Shen said, like, especially if you're in our profession, I always bitch upwards. Like if you've got to moan, go to your mentor. Like that support doesn't always have to be your partner. And to be honest, I don't tell Dan half my shit because he comes home from a full day with his own shit of running his own million dollar company. 
I bitch to Shani, like when we have time, I don't want us, me and Dan to talk about business. So I don't think it has to come from your partner. I think make, you can have a mentors, you have like-minded girlfriends. But yeah, if you are having conversations with your partner, be strategic if they're not already supportive, not to just let them hear all the bad stuff. Yeah, I think that's really important. I think I'll never forget a conversation I had. I bumped into a partner of someone who had left the team and this partner was like, you know, she's just so much happier now and I'm just so happy that she's not stressed about her business anymore. And, you know, I could see there in that moment that that person just had so much care for their partner. They didn't want to see their partner stressed and upset and overwhelmed and it was just out of love. But this person was never supportive of their partner's business but it wasn't out of spite or anything like that. I truly believe it was because they just really wanted to see their partner happy and they couldn't see their partner happy because they just came home and complained about their business all the time. And I remember them saying to me, I just don't know how you guys do it. Like, you know, is Matt cool with you working so late at night? And I was like, oh my gosh, he's the, he's like my idol. He's the one who worked late at night with me. And He's the one who encouraged me to keep going when, you know, I had a really tough day or I didn't want to work anymore. You know, he'd be like, come on, Shani, like, let's get to your blessages. Like, you know, my my messages with blessings. I'm like, oh, Maddie, I love that. So I think it's just important to have that conversation with your partner. Like, I want to make this work. I want to make it go all the way, but I need your support. I promise I'm not going to come home and bitch and moan to you about my business, but I really do need you on my side. So that helped me definitely in the beginning. Yeah. And I think something I wanted to speak into before we move on to maybe the transition of how those hours and our daily business demo changed. I think something that works if you are somebody who's listening to this and you're trying to get a side hustle off the ground whilst working a nine to five, I know not every boss is going to be supportive, but like there was times where Shani and I were running business events at all hours of the day because of our international team. I think it was easier for Shen to do as a nurse because she had shift work. Some of my girls, they want to attend events, they want to do things, but they're like, oh, I can't do that because it's in the middle of the day. Rather than actually going to your CEO or your boss and being like, hey, I've got something on that's really important to me. Could I come in and work two hours earlier and take my lunch break at that time? Like giving tit for tat and making sure that if you're going to be giving away, because I think so many people let their business, they don't get to things or invest in things or even ask to get to events, which are really going to propel their business or host events. I know that's what we were doing because like, I just can't make it happen. But what if you ask yourself a better question? And what if you could? And what would that look like? Because I definitely made that work. There were days where I'd go in two hours earlier because an event that we would do would start at 5.30 to make sure that I could finish on time. And I would do the event from the office and then drive home the commute afterwards. So it's all these things that you think were just easy, but it's you've just got to get your problem solving hat on and being like, well, how can I make this work? And how can I shop earlier or go home later or take my lunch break there? Because there's sacrifices that realistically every business owner makes in the process of getting a business off the ground, no matter what business you're, you're doing solution-based thinkers always win in this game (laughs) yeah girl and so maybe let's talk about how did that transition for you like I know a question we get asked a lot is like also at what point did we decide to leave our full-time jobs I know we have a certain message that we teach our girls around income maybe we should talk into that as well yeah well I had Matt who suggested this to me well because I got to a point in my business where my income was matching my nursing wage and I was like woohoo I'm rich (laughs) I'm like like, earning double the amount and I was like so keen to just stop working as a nurse because that's why I, I, I started this business like I just wanted to get out of that industry so bad and be my own boss 
But Matt was like, no, I think it's really important that you make sure this is consistent income. And so he made me wait three months in a row that to get the same income as my nursing wage or more before I left. And I think that's really smart because I've seen it happen a lot in our team where girls have like this huge month and it's just a kind of like the cream on top of, you know, an average month. It's just, you know, maybe you get like a whole bunch of bonuses that come in or an abnormally big spike in commissions. And I think it's really important to just make sure that that paycheck is stable. And I'm grateful for the company that we're in because it does provide a stable paycheck. Like I've never had a volatile income that's like really big one month and like really low the next. It's always, always been stable. But back then when I first started, I didn't know. So I was really cautious with that. Yeah, I waited three months and I was like, well, this looks pretty stable to me, baby. I'm out of here. So yeah, that's how I did it. Yeah, and I think that's the same. I think it's important we speak into that because there's I know there's a lot of girls who have this number and they're like, Oh, like I'm not I'm not at my number yet, but I'll but if I just quit my job, then I'll have more time to focus on building up my business, so I'll get there faster. And reality too, it's called Murphy's Law. The more time you have to do something, the more time it takes you to actually do it. And I feel like so many girls actually got more done when they had a full time job and did it. Girls say that with the best intentions I'm yet to this day, I've yet to see anyone actually do that. So I yeah, I agree. I think making sure whatever your goal is that you can replace your income and you hold it for three months. And like you said, I think we're really lucky in our comp plan that it, that our paycheck isn't volatile. So making sure the amount that you are checking is three months worth of the residual income of what you're creating, not the nice four or 8,000 or whatever bonus that you get around that point. And you think, woo, I've just had an awesome month when it's like, yeah, take the beautiful juicy bonus out of it. Actually, I just want to talk into that really quickly too, because I I think some people also forget the fact that like when you get paid by an employer, they pay your tax and your super. And I see a lot of girls who like, let's say they earn $4,000 a month in their career and they're like, oh, when I earn $4,000 a month in my business, I'm out. We have to really talk into this because first of all, you need to add in there the tax that you need to pay at a business level which is totally different to a pay yg level and then you have you should be paying yourself super i know in the beginning when you start a business you don't legally have to and this is for australian people i don't know what that would be equivalent to overseas but that's just something that you should really think about you know having a self-funded super fund where you're paying into that but as well think about like the costs that it takes to run your business like when i was a nurse I didn't have to pay for shit. Like, I think I paid for like my ugly Crocs, like to wear in theatre. I never had to pay for anything like stationery or Wi-Fi. Like none of that was like a tax deduction for me in my job. So I think it's important, like if you're running a business at a point where it's nearly full-time income from for you, have a look at all your business expenses, put that into the equation and it might need to be a little bit more. So if you're earning say $4,000 a month from your job, you might actually need to be earning maybe $5,000 a month from your business before you can actually leave. So that's just a little tip because I see a lot of girls making that mistake as well. Yeah. And it still gets to me. I think even I was at your house the other day talking to you and Maddie having a whinge because I'm like, oh my gosh, like I make so much on paper. And then I feel so, I'm like, this is not fair because the amount that I spend each month on GST and tax and super is equivalent to like what I used to make a full-time wage in child protection. So I'm like, it's now that we're actually running our businesses, like a business, a registered business, there's business expenses and things that you have to put money aside for. Yeah, very important. So, well, let's talk about what life looks like now, now that we actually do run this at a business level and this is our full-time thing. 
What does life look like for you, Lozzie? It's different every day, honestly. Well, not every day. I'm someone, one of my highest values is like variety. I get bored really easy. And I think that's what I love most about our, our profession and is the ability that to design our day. So I'll go through like three months where I design my routine where I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to work for a few hours in the morning. I'm going to give myself a two hour break in the after, like lunchtime. Then I'm going to work for three or four hours in the afternoon. And then there was a period there where I'm like, you know what? I'm going to work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday's my off day, Thursday, Friday at work. And then the season I'm in and at the moment, I try not to start work until 11 a.m. And then I make sure I finish at six. So in regards to my hours, my hours change. I usually work probably about six to seven hours a day. I just design and choose what hours they're going to be. And I think that's really cool because otherwise I get bored. I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. I want my day to look different. And probably the first two years I went full-time, I kind of have a bit more strategy. Like Monday was customer care day, like Tuesday or Wednesday was my creative day. Friday was following up day. Like I had themes where I guess for where I'm at my business now, like if I started at 11, the first two hours of my day is me personally building my business. So it's adding value. It's a post. It's getting through my personal inboxes. It's checking with my personal customers. I've got like a CRM tool, which spits out to me who I need to follow up with, who I need to check in with, whether they're a team I'm working with or clients I'm coaching through our holistic health program. So I do all my stuff that I personally need for my business first, which sometimes takes me two hours. And then my afternoon, usually between one and five or six o'clock, is open to my team to book in coaching calls. And if I'm working with any life or mindset coaching clients, which I've decided not to do this year. So that's where I'm open to serve. And in between that, I'm literally getting through my inbox in between calls of team or anyone else who I need to help. So, and then Wednesdays is up, is still my creative day. So I know that's the day that I write blogs or if I'm writing a book, I'm writing a book. Or if I'm doing a course, or I'm doing personal development myself. Or I've got to do my bookkeeping on a Wednesday. I know Shed and I record podcasts usually on a Friday afternoon. So that's kind of what my days look like now. And I think even now, like I think a big thing for me this year was because we have worked really hard. Like I, I say this hand to my heart. I am so inspired by how hard that we've both worked. Like I, when I talk about who inspires me, I'm like I, us inspire me. Like we have hustled. I think it's people don't see how much work we actually do behind the scenes. And it probably wasn't until this year, which is my fifth year in business, I've actually given myself permission to have more white space. Um, because up until that, the first four years, I was doing eight, 10 hour days. And I know there's some girls who are like, that's just not inspiring and that's not an alignment and that's not in flow. Well, rain check, honey. Like if you want to create a business, you're going to have to have a season of strategic imbalance if you want to spend the next 40, 50 years having a lot of white space. You can cram that action into 10 years and do it half time or you can do it in three or four years full time. You get to choose at what pace you want to build it. But I think like we say, we were really lucky. We don't have kids yet and we have partners who are working and building their own empires. So I just didn't see the point when you've got the time now, why not do the work now? Totally. But in saying that, like, I can't wait to have kids and do this around them. Like I know our next phase of life will be like inspiring other mums that you like success and being a great mother doesn't have to be exclusive from one another. Like, I work with so many mums in the team who like they do work as hard as we do and they don't use their kids and as, as an excuse and they inspire me because I'm like, oh my gosh, like it can be done. Like you can have success and you can be a great mother at the same time. But for anyone who doesn't have kids, like far out, take use of this time, like take advantage of it, leverage of it because 
I think there's a tipping point in the way that you create success. I think like you can't avoid hard work in the beginning. It has to exist. And I know that goes against like so much of what I'm all about because I am about flow and I am about working in alignment with like yourself and energetically and not and filling your cup up. But there's also the other side of it. Like you can actually work really, really hard and still be in flow and be inspired. You have to work really hard for the first few years. You just have to. And you get to a point where you actually physically can't work any harder than you already are. And I think that's probably one of the biggest lessons for us, Loz. I know last year, it was like, we can't work any harder than we're already working. Like we were at capacity with our working hours. We were so used to hustling so much. And it got to a point where we were both, I remember the conversation, we were like, I just can't put any more hours in my day. Like I'm maxed out. And it can't like that's the tipping point where you literally can't grow your business anymore because you can't put any more hours in that's actually where the success now comes from giving yourself the white space and the permission to flow and I love like obviously you've got your surrender project I released moon magic and I think those two things right there is what they kind of came to fruition for us because we kind of realized like holy shit we can't work any harder than we are working (laughs) I was gonna, I read a cool quote the other day, which is so true. And it's like, yes, work smart, but you have to work hard first. And I think that's with anything. Like if you're not just at network marketing, any business, traditional business. And I, I think that's why I love so much having Dan and Maddie there because you've got other people who've worked in other industries to kind of give you some insight. But I think the only way you can get to six figures is hustle. Like your first six figures has to be hard work, but you won't be able to get past six figures with hard work. After you create your first six figures, it's then about leadership. It's about duplication. It's about systems. You then have created hopefully a bit of wealth where you can invest in paid advertising or um, marketing. But those first, however long it takes you to get to six figures, it is it is the hustle, but it's also the who you become in the hustle because you learn the skills in the hustle. You can't become the person you need to without the hustle because you actually don't know what it takes. Yeah. I heard James Wedmore say once that six figures is hustle and seven figures is lifestyle. (laughs) I was like, I resonate with that so much. (laughs) So maybe your turn, maybe share what do your days look like now? What structure do you have for your business? Yeah. So I usually start work around 9am and my first, so nine till 12 for me is it's blocked out in my calendar as creation, but Creation to me could mean so many things. Like I love creativity. I think that's just one of my zones of geniuses. So I actually thrive off creating stuff. So in that morning period, it's where I'm kind of doing like my big frogs, like you said, Loz, before, or like my my projects that I have, which I want to talk about in a minute. So my first few hours are dedicated to the work that I actually really love doing and stuff that's going to take brain power. And then I always have lunch at 12 and I'm conscious of having a 30 minute break in the sun. So I'll eat my food outside tech free. And then from 1230 onwards is where my calendar is open to for meetings, like calls, podcast recordings and whatever it is that I need to do, especially my inboxes. So for me, just my personality type. I just get so overwhelmed with my inboxes and I found it's like such a big struggle for me for the last five years because I have five inboxes. I've got my Facebook inbox, my Instagram inbox, my email inbox, 
And then I've got Telegram, which is a platform that I use to speak with my top leaders. And then I've got WhatsApp, which is where I communicate with all of my clients that are in our holistic health program. So I've got five inboxes and that's just my OCD. Like I need specific people in different inboxes. So that, Like when I'm in my Facebook inbox, I know I'm talking to my team. When I'm in my emails, I'm talking to like collaborative partners or you know just like important stuff and then my Instagram inbox is usually like lots of leads and lots of people I'm building relationships with so that was overwhelming me so much but I came up with a system where I now empty I give each inbox 30 minutes a day so after 12 30 I've got Facebook and Instagram together for 30 minutes each. That's an hour. And then I have a break, like then there'll be like, you know, some call time, call space or, you know, whatever I'm doing off my to-do list. And then I group Telegram and my emails together. So again, that's another one hour block because I give it 30 minutes each. And I literally sit with a phone with a timer and I put the 30 minute timer on. And as soon as that bell dings, even if I haven't finished my inbox, I'm, I'm done. Like I've given that inbox 30 minutes. I cannot give it any more of my time because I've got other stuff I've got to do. So I do that. My WhatsApp with my clients literally takes me five minutes. So I'll just do that straight afterwards. And so, yeah, my afternoons are then calls and, and things like that. I then finish at 5.30 and in my calendar, I've got a full hour blocked out dedicated to earthing. So from 5.30 to 6.30, I'll go take Hoz for a walk or walk on the beach with Maddie or just do something to move my body and get off the computer because by this point I've been on there since nine. And yeah, I mean, sometimes we've got nighttime events like our team training or I'll have to like shuffle a few things around and do a nighttime call if I'm talking to a team member who's international or a mum who, you know, can't do during the day or whatever. So I'm pretty flexible, but most nights I'm like offline by 6.37. And that's just the phase of life I'm in right now. Like I I know that I could probably keep working all the way through the night, but I don't know. I've just, in the last year in particular, like I just want to protect my energetic boundaries. And I feel like I've worked hard enough for the last five years that I deserve to do that. And, you know, that might change when I have kids, I might have to work at night again. And I'm cool with that. But right now that's how my day looks like. That's why we said yes to this there, wasn't it? It was so we could choose like our hours and we, like the hours that you want to work are going to be relative to, to the chapter of life that you're navigating. And I think that's what I love most about working with women and our team is so many different women join this business for different reasons in different seasons of their life. And they can do and make this work around if it's kids or it's a job or it's studies. But what you said, I, I want to speak into this too, because I think it's so important. Like, you know how I know Shen and I, we, I don't know if we, you still make Wednesdays your creative day too, hey? Yeah, because if any of you guys wearing all the hats like we are, I remember like you're, we doing customer care and we're doing the coach and then we're also, we're content creators and we're micromanagers and we're our own accountants. Like there's so many hats that you wear as a business owner. But what's really helped me is, like you said, Shen, like structuring your day for certain activities and especially what helped me, and I find this is what a lot of our girls struggle with in our team they're trying to be creative while they're trying to be logical. And that's why I said what would really help me when I was working full time is creating my content on a Saturday so I could post it throughout the week. Because you're when you're creative, it's your right hemisphere. And when you're logical, it's your left hemisphere. So if you're trying to juggle between both of them, it's going to be really hard for you to get into flow and feel like you're like getting those downloads and it just feels forced. 
So if you can actually put some time aside where you are creating content and that's the kind of persona or that's the hat that you're wearing at that time. And that's, that's why we do Wednesdays or like we'll write blogs or we'll work in our courses or we'll do whatever it is for us. Because as soon as you get into the coaching hat or so as soon as you're in your inbox, it takes you out of that flow. So just a little tip of any of you guys are juggling yeah, your side hustle, have some structuring your day at what point or maybe batch activities together when you're being more creative. And when you're being more logical and I think you'll get way more done in the time that you're having. So, so many people waste so much time trying to go between tasks without just like being really strategic on yeah, the part of your brain that's needed to do that task well. Yeah. And that's why I've got, I know you do this too. That's why I've got creation in the morning because I know that's when my right brain is just going to be doing its thing really well. And then in the afternoon, that's where I've like exhausted my right brain and I'm in left brain, like, you know, in solution mode or talking to people, like managing objections and answering messages. So there's, there is method to the madness there. But I think a really good question I got asked this week was around, well, how do you manage projects? And I actually would love to know how you do this, Loz, but I have this little system. So I use Asana to manage all my projects because as a business owner you probably get like a million ideas like in the shower or you'll be like on a run and you'll be like oh my god that's such a good idea and I don't know about you but I've got this massive to-do list of like all the fun things that I want to do for my business like to make things pretty and branding and all that stuff so I use Asana A-S-A-N-A.com it's free and it's actually a project management tool where you can like add your team into it so like if you've got assistants or a VA or whatever Um, it's actually designed for that so I do use it for that but there is like a little section in there that I've created that's just called like Shani's 2021 projects and in there I've mapped out every single month in 2021 and all of my projects that I've got on this list like all the things that I really want to do and and dive myself into I mean that's why we do this business right so we have more time freedom to do things that we love like this Sometimes like I was finding I was getting really overwhelmed by looking at this long list of all the things I wanted to do. This is my personality type because I just get overwhelmed quite easily by long lists like that. So what I did was I created a series of four questions and these are four questions that I ask myself when I add something new to the project list. And then with Asana, because every all the months are mapped out, What I do is I dedicate that particular project to a month that's coming up. Like, for example, there's this new video that I want to get created and it's going to take quite some time to get it done. So I've put that in for April. And then you might have, you want to do like a vision board. And these are just like all projects that aren't really related to your business. Like they're not going to move the needle straight away, but they're things you want to do. You know, you might want to create like a business card or a website or start a blog, or you might want to start writing a book like you, Loz, like whatever it is your projects are, you just kind of map them out throughout the year. And these are the four questions I ask myself. So my first one is, what are my three core goals in business this year? So make sure you're really clear with those three goals. And then the second question will be, is this new project going to create significant growth right now or this year? I'll make sure that I pop all this in the show notes for you guys. But that is a really good question to ask because I will just cut something off my list if it's not going to create significant growth right now or this year. So for an example, I might have a project like, okay, creating a a business card. If I was to ask myself, will that create significant growth? The answer is no. 
like creating a business card, designing it, making making that happen is not going to increase revenue in my business. So it literally gets crossed off the list. And I think for personality types like me, like just crossing stuff off the list and putting it in the bin is just so important because you just end up with this long, ridiculous list of things that are so unrealistic that you can't create. So that's the second question. The third question is then, what are my three main core projects? So what are the three main core projects driving my business growth at the moment? And is this jeopardizing that? So any project that I've got on hand, I've got to make sure that it is creating significant growth and I have to stick to that. If I've added a new project to the list that's going to like stop that project from happening, again, it just becomes a no, it gets crossed off the list. It's just a really good system and a good way to like decipher what you're delegating, what you're dumping and what you're actually going to do. And then the last question is, is this new project going to take me away or move me forward from to my top three core goals and projects. And I just love that because I'll literally think of like an epic idea in the shower and then I'll come and sit down and go through my four questions and I'll be like, nah, I'm not going to add that to my list. So that's my little process. How do you kind of do your project management stuff, Loz? I love that. I think that it's important to notice that your, like you already said, your zone of genius is creativity. Like your brain is in that space all the time. You're always thinking, how can I make things pretty? And you're so innovative. I think my head's really simple. <laughs> I don't think, I literally, and I, but I think maybe I do this unconsciously. So I know I've shared before, I do all my goals at the start of the year. I put them on my mirror. So every morning I'm looking at it and being like, I'm priming myself. What's important to me this year? What am I working towards? What's something that I'm doing today that's going to get me closer to those goals? So if there's any little fun stuff that come up in between, I put, I've got a little list I'm a paper girl underneath my computer with stuff that is like it's not urgent it's stuff that I just I'll get around to if I want to do it and Wednesdays is my day to do that so if it's creative I'll look on them like oh what do I need to do today and I think it just intuitively I'm like oh that's important that's not important that can stay so there's some stuff on there that I'm like oh that's a cool idea I'll implement that one day but Wednesdays is my creative day to do it but yeah realistically there's not much that comes up for me besides writing a blog which I do every second Wednesday doing a podcast which I do pretty much every Friday and then I'm just writing a book at the moment so well I hope that has served and helped people who are kind of in the trenches and feeling like they're just getting nowhere because that kind of structure and 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 I think that yeah, just that structure really helped both of us just propel forward pretty fast in the beginning. There was no fluffing about. We're not procrastinators. We don't like, yeah, we don't fluff around. We just get shit done. But it kind of helped to have that structure in place. And I think the biggest reason if you are a procrastinator, one of the biggest reasons people procrastinate is because you're overwhelmed. So structure actually is freedom. And freedom is like one of my highest values. That's why I don't have too much like systems and stuff. Sometimes I feel suffocated and and constrained by them. But if you have got a lot on your plate and you are time poor, you need to have some kind of structure or boundaries because I promise you that will be your freedom. That's how, that's what prevents you from being overwhelmed. If, If you've got 15 minutes, you know exactly what to be doing in those 15 minutes instead of being like, oh, I'm going to do this, this, this. And you spend 15 minutes like umming and ahhing if you should be creative or should be in your inbox. So I think just knowing that structure is freedom. So have something that works for you. And at the end of the day, just create something that you can commit to being consistent to because consistency compounds and that's what helps you have success quicker. 
Totally. And if you're in a different phase of life to us, like maybe you're a mama and you've got some kids, like I don't want you to write this podcast episode off and be like, oh, it's not relevant to me. These girls don't have kids. They don't know what it's like. I want you to think about how can you structure your business around your kids? Like I know for me, when I have children, I want to be present with them. I don't want to be hanging out with my kids and on my phone or I am not going to be one of those moms who jumps on a Zoom call and, you know, my kids are in the background going crazy. I'm trying to like distract them with TVs and iPads. Like I want to be present with my children when they're home. So for me, like that, it makes logical sense for me to maybe I'll have to wake up at 4am and work on my business before my kids wake up and then spend the day with them. And maybe when they go to bed, like that's going to be when I do my business from 7pm through to 10 or 11pm. That's, I know that's coming for me and I'm cool with that. So if you're a mum as well, like think about how can you do your business around your children so that you're not compromising that family time with them. And like we said before, like different phases of life will will make your day look different. Just get creative with how that's going to look like for you and A, what you're willing to sacrifice, B, what you're not willing to sacrifice, but C, like design your life. Like this is the best thing about business. You get to design it the way you want it to look. So I hope that's helped. Yeah, and maybe just one thing to end it on because I was talking to a girl on my team about this this morning and I think make sure you're really clear on where you're going and why you want what you want because otherwise the sacrifices, you won't want to make the sacrifices because you'll be keep asking yourself, is it really worth the sacrifices I'm making? So if you don't know why you're doing what you're doing, you're not going to want to take the sacrifices or do the actual hustle, the work that's going to take to get your business off the ground. So get clear on your why, get excited about it. That way you can take inspired action. Like Shen said, it's still aligned action. It's not like hustle and it's working hard, but it's not hard work when it's aligning with your vision and what you're passionate about. Wow. What an amazing episode. I hope you're feeling inspired after that conversation and empowered to make some changes and choices in your life. Now, don't forget to let us know if you loved this episode, please give us a five-star review. It really helps us know that we're on track with serving you guys and also majorly supports our channel. And you may even be in the running to be the shout out of the week. Every week on Instagram, we share one of our reviews with our network so please be sure to leave your instagram handle or your website in your review so we can share you with our amazing community if you head over to the link in our bio on instagram at babes talking business you can get access to so many of our goodies including the link to our bib shop it's a crazy cute online merchandise shop that donates 100 of profits to a non-for-profit charity every month So head over and check out who we're donating to this month and get yourself something super cute to wear. You can also find in our Instagram bio our books. You can get your hands on Life Above Zero by Lauren Kerr or The Four Year Career with Shani Thompson. Both super easy reads and incredible books to help you expand and evolve in even deeper ways. Now, don't forget to head over to the show notes. You can check out any of the links or the books or the references we mentioned in this episode. And before we go, we just want to say thanks so much for being here, for committing to being the best version of you and for showing up for you today. You are freaking amazing. Now, 
If you think that there is someone in your life that could really benefit from this episode, while you're feeling super inspired, please hit the share button and send them this episode right now. And the reason we're asking you to share the love is because you get what you give. And the more that you give and inspire, the more you get in return. Head over to www.babestalkingbusiness.com to check out all of our other podcasts. And we just want to say we are sending you so much love and we hope to see you soon.